you want more time, money, freedom, and have a business that's not reliant on you, then you're in the right place. Each week, Mark Creedon, along with some of the very best business minds in the world, will take you through simple, practical steps you can take to create the business you always wanted. From his own practical experience, Mark will show you how to work less, make more, and get the business you always wanted, the one that you deserve. Now here's your host, one of Australia's most sought-after business coaches, Mark Creedon. Welcome to the latest edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. I'm Mark Creighton, your host, and in the studio, I've got Michael Messner from CNS Accountants. We're actually recording this at the Gold Coast as a part of our Mastermind Intensive, something we do three times a year for our Mastermind members. And I was talking to Michael over dinner last night. We were talking about the concept of lean methodology and, and how it's used to help business owners step out and start to work toward making themselves redundant. So if you are a business owner and you would love to make yourself redundant, congratulations, you are in the right place and we're going to get underway with that right now. Michael, welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Mark. It's a pleasure to be here. And just because you mentioned last night, I just want to say happy birthday, Mark. <laughs> Thank um, you, mate. He's finally turning 30. <laughs> yes, Doesn't yes. Doesn't look a day older than that. No, exactly. Exactly. You can double that and, it'll, and we'll, be, we'll be bang on. Mate, a, couple of, a good couple of days at the Gold Coast, end of day one, beginning of day two right now as we're recording this, where we're talking and we're working on momentum. And that's sort of, you know, you and I were talking about how people get momentum in their business. Let's talk about the biggest issue that we both see is clients who've got a great business but they're a slave to it, right? They just can't, they can't get away from it. And you were starting to talk to me about lean methodology. Let's have a little chat about what that is and how it works. That's right, Mark. Lean methodology is part of the Six Sigma program. Very technical terms we don't want to throw around today, so we'll just keep it simple. Fundamentally, I always hear it from business owners. They start out on their own. It's a one-man band, probably husband and wife, a couple of fam- family members involved. Communication is easy, not that family communication is easy, <laughs> but, but you yell at each other, you, you shout, you scream, you work it out, and then the business turns out to be a success. Obviously, we don't document processes to start with. We just do whatever we want to because we can. It's our business. Yeah. The business grows. We're successful. We want to do more and more. We've got to get external staff or people from external in, staff members, and we start to hand over some of those processes, yeah. and that's where it gets difficult because isn't it obvious what we are supposed to do? Yeah, um, yeah, I've been yeah, doing yeah. this for ages. It's not that hard. <laughs> it's not rocket science. Exactly right. Yeah. And initially, it's probably straightforward. You just train a person up, but then you add more and more permutations, more and more links in the chain. The business keeps growing. You just hoover up that business. You're successful. And all of a sudden, you have created that beast, which is not documented. Everyone just does whatever they think works best. Yep. We have handover points here and there. And where there's humans, there are misunderstandings that's inbuilt. That's not a negative thing. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we're in that situation where we have com- uh, created this complex, convoluted beast and everyone thinks they're on the same page, but they're not. And it, re- it was yesterday very resounding actually in our session um, on Momentum that pretty much everyone in their room highlighted the one thing they would like to change in the business was something systems and process related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and the thing about that is that it makes the business 
far more difficult to run, but almost impossible to sell Exactly as well. right. If you want to sell your business for a good valuation, I'm a big believer you should always run your business as if you were to sell it tomorrow yeah. because when the opportunity comes along, and yes, you should have an exit plan as part of your overall business plan, but when the opportunity comes knocking, which you don't always anticipate, you obviously want to be ready to sell at that high valuation. But for me personally, there's actually a completely different reason why you want to run that business as if you were about to sell it tomorrow. And that's just your own stress levels. Yeah. Um, I'm yeah. 42. I have two beautiful twin daughters and my wife obviously as well. My wife works full-time as an engineer. And as a business owner myself, I can't come home with that bad mood. Yeah. It doesn't yeah. work. It, it takes its toll on me as well. And frankly speaking, I want to enjoy what I do. Well, that's what, I mean, the, the reason that most people get into the business, their own business in the first place is so they can have that, that time. It, it's not always about the money. It's about the time, the freedom, the options, and then they find that the reason they actually got into it doesn't work. They, be, they just become completely enslaved to it, don't they? Absolutely. And this is basically an exercise, the, the whole lean methodology to say, okay, hang on, let's take a step back. It's an alignment piece amongst different stakeholders. And I use the term stakeholder on purpose because it's a very powerful tool. We've all of a, all of a sudden broken down that barrier between internal, external, owner, director, who's carrying the risk and whatnot, just everyone who's involved in the process in the business, and we're starting to, to establish a common ground and just work out a way how to work efficiently. And in theory, everyone says, Mark, let's do it. Shouldn't be that hard. We just need to talk more to each other. Yeah, the yeah. problem is if we wanted to communicate everything that we're assuming at any point in time, yep. we're talking a lot, but we're actually not getting anything. Yeah, not, a lot of talking, not a lot of doing. Exactly right. Mm. So lean methodology was developed by car manufacturers in Japan, has its origins like many actually management sciences in Japan. Yep. And the idea is that there's five stages to the process. And the process is actually not that hard. Frequently when I sit down with clients, it's just like this light bulb goes up. Yep. But you just need to devote the time to get everyone. And whether that is the receptionist or whether that's the subject matter expert, the engineer, the accountant, the um, salesperson, it doesn't matter, on the same page. Yes. You just need to have everyone there and including, obviously, the business owners business themselves. Owner. Yeah. You're just a stakeholder at this point in time. You really need to be open to it and also let go a bit. I think this is really important. If obviously the leadership is near, hey, we want to implement something great, then you lost right there. Yep. Yep. And not every firm is ready at that point in time. It's a lot about the culture. Yep. Are we willing to be accountable? Can we have open communication about what failed and where the root cause was? And when we narrow down on that root cause, we obviously need to look at, hang on, who was that who pressed the button at the time? Just because we find an error there doesn't mean that it's a witch hunt. It's not about that. It's then yeah. a point that yeah. we can say, okay, this happened on your end. Why did you do that? And there might be a very, very good reason. Yep. Or the reason is frequently, well, I just assumed that's what I had to do. Assumed or I didn't know or nobody told me or, yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. And this is where, where lean methodology just offers this great, great opportunity to sit everyone down, work through the first five steps. And let's be clear, initially it's overwhelming. You will find that there's a lot to do and it's an ongoing process. Step five, and we'll talk about that in a second, is actually continuous improvement. Right. And that's what excites me the most. Yeah. You never stand still. And if, if, if listeners think about their own business, you are not doing things the way you did three years ago. No, it's always evolving. And, and in fact, it should always be evolving. Exactly right. Software. Obviously, everyone uses software these days. The, ne the moment an update is rolled out, 
Yep. That's the moment something changed. There's a change. A lot now has AI included in it. How yep. can we leverage it? We're only starting to see this. Yep. But that's a big thing. And I was surprised when my Microsoft Teams updated a couple of days ago that all of a sudden there's AI in build. Yes. Um, and I wish I had a bit of free time to actually play around <laughs> with that, but I didn't get to it yet. Uh, but how can we do things better? And we'll yep. probably find that some team members, some stakeholders say, oh, look, there's a functionality and they play around it with this functionality before me and have great results. But again, lean methodology has to come in, okay, hang on, how does that fit into our process? Yeah, yeah. And they've got to be able to then, you know, come to you and, and say, look, we've looked at this, how can we incorporate it into the business? Because I've played with AI on Zoom and it actually is very cool. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot to offer cool. there. And yeah. again, I think our understanding of AI is at the moment limited by our imagination. What can we do with it? Can it do my laundry? Probably not. Can it activate the washing machine at the right time, depending on yep. the sun being up. So yep. I save a bit of money on my solar panels yep. and it's ready just in time when I'm home so I can hang the laundry up. Yep. Maybe it can do that. Does that occur to the next person sitting right across from me? Probably not, yeah, right? There, there's just different opportunities. So let's talk about let's talk about the five, the five steps in yep. lean methodology and then, you know, how we can apply them. Exactly. So backdrop here is, remember that the lean methodology was developed for a manufacturing environment. I'm personally, obviously, in, in personal services, being an yep. accountant, and I actually did a lot of lean methodology in investment banking, where I spent the first 10 years of my life. And I have to say, doesn't matter whether you're a manufacturer, doesn't matter whether you're a service provider, it, it always applies. Even if you're a one-man band, a subject matter expert, let's be clear, there is very, very valuable lessons. Yep. Yep. The five steps aim to improve value. So step number one, right off the bat, is identify what is actually value. Not just what is value as such, but what is value to the customer. Identify right. that value. Let's be clear, when we say customer, we might have an internal stakeholder as well. So I go back to the term stakeholder. Yep. Because we might be a department in a larger organization where we're the estimators and then we give the, the, our output to the salespeople. Yep. Yep. And then again, we need to make sure if our job is only to interact with the salespeople, how do we give them the best value? What do they actually need? Yep. And let's be clear, most of the listeners on the listening to us today, they obviously deal with a customer who's willing to pay for something. Yes. What is the client actually willing to pay for? Okay, and a nice broad, a nice broad definition of, of customer. So as you say, internal or external. Okay, exactly. So number right. one, look at look at the value. Exactly, and f f just as an example, as accounting firm, we had a look at that a year ago, and we said, "Geez, we've got a big clunky binding machine there, and heaps of spirals <laughs> and covers and whatnot." No client wants to get a bound copy. Actually, there was one client in my firm who wanted a bound copy. Right. And we needed to have a discussion with him and said, sorry, we just don't offer that anymore. Yeah. Some people might say, hang on, Michael, but you might lose that customer. It's not a key customer. Yeah. It's not like 30% of my revenue. Yeah. But what are the benefits if I identify that value and potentially then lose that customer as a result if I if I interact on, the, on that basis? that everything else is more streamlined and I actually save money on my costs afterwards. Yeah, that, well, you do. But, but plus the other thing too, that doing those extra things is taking up time that you could then be potentially either spending on marketing your business, bringing new customers in, you know, and, and so it expand actually expand your capacity to serve. 100%. And frequently there's this misunderstanding as well that lean methodology is about making people redundant. Right. It has yeah. absolutely nothing to do with it. It's the opposite. How can I use my human resources in a much, much better way, more value add? And value add, let's be clear, value equals also money for the business yep. operator themselves, for the owners themselves. That's 100%. The 
So identify your value. And I think it's really important that you have this discussion with all stakeholders. Even ask your clients, survey, what do you value the most? One important thing here is also you need to take your team on this journey. I think I think you have to take your team on all these journeys, Michael. Anything exactly. you do in the business, you should be taking the team on. So 100%, couldn't agree more. Exactly. Right. And this is an ongoing discussion. Again, keep in mind value, the definition of value doesn't change, but you obviously need a starting point. So number one, value. Number two. Number two, after the, you documented your value, very important as well to document it, what you do is you map out your value chain. That's right. really important. To break it down quite simply, you map out your processes. Yep. That's very, very important. Why is it important to do that? Simply because different people think different things happen. Okay, If we think about the process of finishing a collation for tax returns and financial statements, one person might think, oh, this, this client that I deal with all the time wants that bound copy, while other people say, hang on, my clients don't need that at all. And then you will find as you dive deep as well, people do things differently as a result. I raise an electronic ticket for this to be done. Another stakeholder gives a paper ticket for yep. this to be done. Yep. Someone puts a specific comment with specific instructions into the software to pass the ticket on. Yes. The next person thinks, hang on, isn't it obvious? You yeah, don't need yeah. to put this in there. Yep. And isn't there a standardized process, which they probably do with some other stakeholders, but not universally across the firm? Yeah. And that's where you really map that value out front to back. And and to be clear, mapping, that's a bit of a loose term. How do we usually do this? A blank piece of A3 paper. And then you sit down with the different stakeholders and literally write, step one, do this and this. What's our trigger point? And and my little kids have have a toy where you just drop a marble in the top and then it bounces around and it'll end up somewhere at the bottom. This is what we're trying to establish here. What what do we actually see? What is the process? If we drop a marble A, B, C or D, where is it likely to come out at the moment? And we probably have this imprecision at the moment that just bounces around and we have a variety of outcomes. That's exactly what we're trying to identify. Yeah, and, and, and I, I think that very few businesses stop and take stock. I mean, we're talking about the fact that businesses kind of evolve over time. So things change, processes change, but nobody really stops and says, hang on a second, what is the actual process so we can identify the areas we should be we should be looking to improve? Exactly, and that's just because there's a presumption, isn't it obvious? Yeah. I've yep. always done it. I've <laughs> done a great job as a business owner passing on that knowledge. Yeah. Surely everyone should know. Everyone just picks it up. All right, so step number two is, is to document the value chain. Step number three. Step number three, that is where you then really want to do improvements. You do what's called creating flow. Right. And and that's a very big step. That's where we want to leverage technology. And and that sounds like we're automating jobs away. That's actually not the idea. We standardize. We eliminate different permutations. We want to have had those discussions already. These are different permutations. Why are we doing this separately? Can we put it into a standardized process? Even if there is different requirements, can we standardize the process to just have two decision nodes so that there's a slight detour in the process, yep. but that is again standardized and defined yep. so we have a clear outcome? With that come a couple of different steps, obviously, at that point in time as well. You want to create KPIs. Yep. You want to create dashboards. Yep. You want to be able to measure. Measurement here, metrics is absolutely important. Because otherwise, you can't actually determine whether what you're building is working working. at the end of the day. So you need to put all of this in at that point in time when you create flow. And the idea is that 
you drop something into this marble tunnel and it just goes along the predetermined path that is universally understood and applied. And then you have an exception key. Something comes out in the exception right. key. Yeah. You know it needs manual intervention. Gotcha. Probably okay. a redesign as well because yep. it was an error, or there's just no standardized process to fit that permutation. So it fits outside that, outside, outside the standard process. Correct. Yep. And okay. then because it's a high value item, you probably need to accommodate that. But that should be the exception rather than the rule. Yeah. The other point is as well, there's this famous saying, if you do something more than once, you should automate it. And again, <laughs> automated doesn't necessarily mean AI, no. the machine takes no. over. It just means a standardized process. <laughs> there is a process to do it. Yeah, 100%. Exactly right. The other thing at that point in time as well, and this can be a touchy discussion with some employees, you want to be person agnostic. You want to eliminate that key, holder re- that, that yep. key man risk, that key stakeholder risk. Yep. If person A is sick tomorrow, the yep. system will still progress along its predetermined path yep. because someone else can cover and there's this clear handover point. Everyone should be at, in the team should be able to identify where's this item at, that comes yep. back to metrics and measurability KPIs again, and then say, hang on, this person is out, I can take over and just continue doing what they did. Yeah. Because again, it's clear where this item is at and it's universally understood and applied. And this is also really important to then be able to scale up. Yes efficiently, yep. at high quality, low cost, and what I like to say to clients, low frustration. This is the step where you're almost not making yourself redundant from the business, but rather than you're always having to pick up this bid and that bid, it's so easy, I can do it. Everyone in that function can do it. Yeah. Yep. And you're just a bit relieved at that point. Uh, and, and how good is that to sort of work toward that redundancy situation? Michael, they're the first three steps. We're going to come back in a second and we're going to talk about the next two steps in the lean methodology. Okay, so we're talking to Michael Messner about lean methodology. And we've gone through the first three points as we continue here at the Mastermind Intensive on the Gold Coast. Michael, we've done one, two, and three. Let's go. What's number four? Yeah, so we're now at that stage where we have built something great, something that's pure value to the client. We have eliminated all the waste that we don't want to do because it just doesn't add value and it acts complex. Yep. Um, and now we're churning things out efficiently, quickly, high quality. There's one problem. Yeah. Again, we're going back to the initial uh, roots of lean methodology. We're manufacturing something. Right. There's no point in churning it out at a massive pace if the consumer of that is actually not requiring it at that pace. Right. Okay. It makes sense because then you're just going to end up with, if it's a product, for example, a warehouse full of unsold product. Literally. And there's this quite nice technique called Kanban cards, which are just colored cards. Think about it as red, amber, green in the factory, on the factory floor. They would just hold up the cart. Green, we're ready to take more. Keep it coming. Keep it coming. Right. Yellow, we're at the right pace. Don't increase the output. Exactly. Red, slow down or just completely stop for the moment because it's piling up over here. Right? So what we really want to do is create a pool system. And in the logistics space, many people heard about the just-in-time concept. You don't want to have a warehouse full of stuff. Yep. You just want to receive it in time. Also, obviously, from a financial point of view, that helps you free up resources, yep. cash. Your, your cash is not tied up in, in items that are not required. That's why you want to create a pool system. That is step four. You want to have the mechanisms in your systems and processes to just release whatever it is you want to release, just to create that value item 
only when it is required. Now, let's be clear. When we talk about manufacturing, we're always talking about larger businesses. Yes. And there, it's easy to visualize what that means. Yes. A lot of our listeners today are probably SMEs, especially in the professional services space. Yes. How does it look there? Me, myself, being an accountant, an easy example is, well, hang on. I only want to touch your work once you've given me everything. Don't drip feed in the information because every time you drip feed something in for me, I have to look at it, determine is that everything I need? No, it's not. Then I have to put it down. We actually call that in our industry to pick up and put down time. Okay. Um, Because that's time we're spending and we're actually, again, not adding value funny enough. It slows us down and things pile up, but we're not ready to go. Yeah. So in the services space, the question is really, when is my service required? Let's communicate properly. And this is all about communication. When do you want me to do what I have to do? Let's synchronize so that, again, the flow happens nicely and the pool just means, hey, we're not initiating until I need it. Because otherwise, you're not adding value. To use your example as an accountant, you're not adding value to the client. You're not adding value to the business. And in fact, you're spending time when time is money on, on something that is not going to be recoverable because you can't, if you can't either, either you can't charge the client for every time you pick it up and put it down, or if you do, you run the risk that your costs become prohibitive for no improved value to the client. 100%. And that is our usual conversation with our clients. And, and I'll take it one step further. Again, most of our listeners here are business owners. Yes. If you don't have that, you frustrate your staff. Yeah. You get bombarded with bits and bobs. But hang on, I don't even need it. Think about your staff member in the old days being surrounded by boxes with information. Yep. If we're th- thinking about accountants, just surrounded by boxes. I can't get through it. It's yep. coming in too quickly. Yeah, fair enough. It could be a resourcing issue. But frequently, we actually have enough business to, to, to occupy the person. It's just we can't have it all stacking up at once. Yep. We want to synchronize it, even it out, not tie up resources unnecessarily, and just be efficient about it. Yeah. And we yep. do that by making sure we only do what we want to do and what we have to do when it is the right time. Yes. That's what it all comes down to. Perfect. I could really see that. Because when you were first describing that, I was thinking, well, how could that apply in a service business? But, you know, when you give the example of the pick up and put down time and and, and therefore not moving on the file until you have all of the data in place, makes perfect sense. Absolutely. We're tying back also now to back to those KPIs and those measurements we've taken in the first place. Yeah. Let's attach some colors to it, red, ember, green. That's where yeah. we have our red, ember, green indicators, Kanban cards, well, a bit old school, but effectively the same. Numbers as well. And I know many business owners are scared off by numbers. Don't worry. It's, it's literally looking at, okay, how many items are in the queue at the moment, whether that is uh, documents to be processed, whether that is samples to be processed, et cetera. And just attach your your values to it. What is our red? What is our ember? What is our green? Because at the end of the day, the manager gets the dashboard. You don't want to go micro level. No. All you want to know is yes. that my KPIs are met. Everything is green. Yep. Or if there's ember, why is it ember? Yeah. Oh, because we've grown. Maybe we need to get a couple more resources in. Yep. Or red. Why is this red? And that's where you then provide the detail for the manager, for the senior, for the business owner, that escalation item. There is a problem here. This is what I've done to to fix it. This is what I need. 
or we need to have a meeting about it. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you get your snapshot on your dashboard. You want to see everything's green. Life is good. You can relax. And you as a business owner, remember our starting point today was you're stressed. Yes. Everything's not working. Yep. You now see that it's not working. They're visual people. You yep. see all that green. You're happy at that point in time. I mean, it gets back to what we were saying, that that's why people go into business on their own in the first place. Regular listeners to this podcast will know that I'm a huge fan of that traffic light concept. Red, amber, green. I love it. You can use it in so many in so many ways. Using it in a way of controlling flow, I think, is 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 brilliant. So that's a great idea. What's the lucky last point in the lean methodology, Michael? Yeah, it's easy to assume that we're done at this point, <laughs> and technically we are. We have achieved what we uh, set out to do. But let's be realistic. If you build something and it works well, we can always improve it. Yeah. And that's a big part here, that continuous improvement. Yep. And that's become more and more and more important over the last few decades yep. because the world doesn't stand still. I said it earlier, a software could be updated, new functionality. Yep. It moves um, so quick now, doesn't it? Our product improves, refines. We have new permutations. We cover new customers, new products. You continuously want to refine that. And the beauty is that the refinement happens by observing, part of that observation is the dashboard we just spoke about. Yeah. If everything's green, everything's going well, that's fantastic. Critical question here is, maybe our KPI isn't low enough. Yeah. Maybe we should, therefore, be a bit more critical of things. Yeah. But it all happens through analysis and observation. And if we find that things go into our exception queue, which we also mentioned earlier, eyeball it. Was it a one-off where we just have to do a manual permutation? Or do we see that happening more and more and more? Again, most likely because there's a new product or whatever else it so is. So we need to change the process or the system around it. Exactly. And yep. from a financial point of view, that's quite exciting as well. Mm. Because by observation, we can actually see trends. We can see, hang on, all those exceptions. Is our market here growing? Do we have other opportunities? Similarly, at some point in time, you might meet a new supplier or a, a, another software solution that you become aware of. Again, can we improve that, get additional, additional gains? We were talking about AI earlier. Just constantly keep revisiting that. Have your product champions in place. And this is very uh, interesting for your staff as well. Give them ownership. The team yeah. likes to have ownership. Yeah, can do. I try this? Can I improve this? People always want to improve things. Yep. It's an ongoing circle. And then you just multiply the knowledge out. Everyone's playing off the same playbook. And you're pretty much there. It's a mindset thing at that point in time. But yep. people are enthusiastic at this stage because they saw it work and yep. it'll just feed itself. It's interesting. I'm a huge fan of, of dashboards and I, and I love that, you know, red, amber, green. But it's a good point you make because when you see everything is green on the dashboard, you could, you could sit back and go, well, great, everything's working. And in fact, I had a, a session with one of our mastermind members who uh, flew over from New Zealand for the intensive and had a chat to him and he said to me, look, everything's working. You know, I'm, I've got the team up. I'm not getting emails. I'm not getting phone calls. Everything's working. So everything in terms of his dashboard is green. But the next question was, okay, so what's the next growth? Because now I've got this right. Now this is the launch pad now for me to take my business to the advanced growth stage. And so we're able to, to, to talk just about growth knowing that the foundation was really solid. Exactly. And that's where you come back to the financial permutations as well. The, the other aspect is I've seen it before where everything was green, yep. everything was dandy, but really the processes were all outdated. Yep. 
And you had the right staff members for these processes. But if you wanted to attract new talent, yep. they wanted a fancier, newer, more modern. Yeah. So at that point in time, what you probably have to bring in is a Schumpeterian uh, a concept called creative destructionism. Yep. Um, in order to build something new, sometimes you just have to tear down what's there, liken it to an old building. Yep, she's still watertight. Yep, you can yep. still live in her. But really, you want something fancier with a pool. Yep. You've just got to knock it down, destroy first what's there to build something much better. Because maybe what you have there doesn't allow you to facilitate that great growth. Yeah. Again, you would probably then want to pick this up through your KPIs, your dashboard at some point in time. Yep. You've just got to be critical. Is my number, my threshold here still realistic? Yep. And again, this is part of the ongoing improvement. Where do we want to go? High-level strategy. Yep. That's what it's all about. I love the idea of creative destruction. I, I read it for the first time probably a couple of years ago, and I can't even remember the book I read it in. But but it's funny because I was reading it and I was going, yes, I mean, I can I understand that. I've practiced that. I've done that. It makes sense. But it reminded me of something that, that an, an old, you know, sales manager said to me probably 30 years ago of, you know, you, you, you've got to crack the eggs in order to make the omelette. And it was, to me, as I thought about that, I thought, well, that is creative destruction, right? We're destroying something that's okay. Like the egg's perfectly fine. In fact, it's 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 a it's a miracle of nature. But if we want to have something nicer, which is the omelet, we've got to break the eggs to create it. And that's I just resonated with me at the time around creative destruction. I mean, that's been amazing, and I can see how you could apply because when you first said to me lean methodology, I sort of went, okay, is that going to be really complicated? In fact, it's so much simpler than you first might think. It's it's very simple. You just get to get people excited about it. Yep. You need to explain it to them. Give them a couple of simple scenarios. Again, many people think it's just for manufacturing. It's not. Yeah. In fact, my wife is an engineer. I'm an accountant. We talk about KPIs in our own household. It sounds a bit ridiculous, <laughs> but it works for us. Yeah. Right? I know that's a bit warped and a bit strange, but it's very adaptable. Yeah. And at the end of the day, that's what most business owners do. Yep. You tweak away at your business. You want to grow it. It just puts a bit of structure to that and it yeah. brings your, your team along for the ride. It brings your team along for the ride and that is what's going to help you to scale to the point where you can just take a breather and actually enjoy the journey, which is why you set off in the first place. Exactly. Focus on what you're passionate about yep. because everything else will be sorted out by the process and you only need to be involved at a high level yep. because you know that everyone else is going to play their part and even if something is in the exception queue, it will be fixed and it will be escalated to you the way it should be. Yeah, I like it. Michael, thanks for joining us. Thanks fantastic. for having me. It's fantastic. Guys, these are the sort of things that we teach our clients in our mastermind program all the time. If you would like to have a chat about how you can grow a business to the point where it just doesn't rely on you anywhere near as much as it does right now, metropolemastermind.com.au. Look forward to having you listen to us in the next edition of the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you like what you're hearing and you know someone who would benefit from it, please share the podcast, but also send us a message on Facebook, or Instagram, and tell us if there's a topic that you'd like us to discuss in this podcast. Be soon. Thanks for joining us on the Mastermind for Business podcast. If you're ready to have a business that you're not a slave to, check out metropolemastermind.com.au or have a chat with Mark and the team at all the W's, see what's possible dot today.